Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. Thank you, Brennan. Uh, I'm Harvey. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic in Toronto, a great, uh, good person worthy of recovery. And uh, I want to welcome you to the uh, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 4 a.m. UTC time uh, meeting. And we are very, very, very excited and fortunate to have with us Kent from from Oregon, right? That's right. Yes. And uh, we connect all the time through one of our WhatsApp groups. And I'm really excited that you're here. And David M., also from Portland, if if I'm understanding that right. Yes, Portland, Oregon. Right. So I don't know what Portland, Oregon has that they're so fortunate to have both of you in one place. But uh, we're going to hear about traditions and traditions for the group and posit- and personal recovery, I think is the name of this group, of this, of this meeting. Traditions for group. Yes, traditions for group and personal recovery. And uh, let's open this meeting. I know we just finished one and we said the serenity prayer, but let's do it again. Let's take a moment. Um, to uh, remember those who are in these rooms and who aren't yet in these rooms. And uh, let's have that moment now. Prayer. God, God. grant me the serenity serenity to accept accept the things things I can change. Courage to change the things I can. And, and the wisdom to know the difference. I will. I will not mind. Not mind. Be done. All right. I don't know whether you guys worked out who's first and who's second, but I'm going to pass the baton to one of you. And uh, welcome, and let's everybody enjoy. Thanks, Harvey. This is Kent, Grateful Recovered Sexaholic from Portland, Oregon. And uh, I just want to say it's just really exciting for me to be part of uh, the SIM group and to be part of this whole uh, network and this fellowship, this worldwide fellowship. And I woke up this morning. I usually get up around 4 a.m. my time, which is noon UTC. And I woke up this morning and I said, oh, my gosh, SIM has just started. I just had this real excitement in my belly. And it's been that way all day long. And uh, I, I remember last year's uh, geek camp, and I'm grateful to be uh, a part of this this year and look forward to it going on for many more years, I would hope. Um, and so the traditions are the lost stepchildren in a lot of the a lot of the biz, uh, a lot of the meetings that uh, I go to. 
And um, I very much appreciate the traditions because they really are, as, as I've heard said before, they're really the uh, rungs of the ladder that hold the steps of the ladder in place so that we can stay together as a fellowship. And that's what I, and uh, forward to the um, 12 and 12, and Bill writes that they uh, apply to the life of the fellowship itself. They outline the means by which AA maintains its unity and relates itself to the world about it, the way that it lives and it grows. And so um, I know this is more of a chat room and a, or a, a chat session probably, and we'll probably share a little bit of our own experience, strength, and hope on this and then open it up for more discussion. Um, but I really would like to at least focus on the fact that the traditions are much uh, much of the way to uh, help me live my life as well and to help me stay structured and uh, stay with the program because uh, the traditions really put me in my place and keep me there as opposed to the steps which help me uh, work with what's going on in my mind and, and be able and willing to let go of that stuff. The traditions help keep me kind of reined in because I'm definitely one who likes to um, get all out there and, um, I think if you just look at the traditions one at a time, tradition one is that our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on SA, uh, SA unity. And that's very true. I find that I have my will and individuals have their will within the groups and we have to come to some sort of a consensus, which uh, again, another tradition actually helps us decide how to do that consensus, which is of course that their group has uh, for the group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience, our leaders of our trusted servants. I'm the sort of person who likes to do stuff. I like to see things get done, but it's always my will. So I like the traditions uh, within the business of the BSA because it helps keep me in line and uh, if I'm willing to apply that to my home life, my wife is happier, and so my life is happier. Uh, David, I'm going to pass to you and uh, let you pick up. Uh, <clears throat> David, sexaholic, and um, I'm grateful to be on this uh, in this chat room. Um, are we working our way through them, Kent, or am I commenting on one and two? You go right ahead and do whatever you'd like to do. I'm I was just starting. Well, um, and I'm sure most of you have heard this thing, but it's uh, always worked pretty true for me um, that the steps keep us from committing suicide and the traditions keep us from committing homicide. And that's kind of implicit in, in the stuff Bill Wilson writes about the traditions. Um, and, and for that reason, the uh, first, well, the first of all, just as the first word of the steps is we, the first word of tradition one is our. And and that's the thing that uh, I remember I'd not been in the program more than a week or so when um, an old timer, that was Harvey at the time, um, RVA in Nashville, um, said, this is a program of ego deflation and depth. And that was uh, 30 plus years ago. And I've never been uh, felt that that was, there's anything false about that statement. But the, the ego deflation and depth, uh, it just begins in the first word, whether it's we or whether it's our uh, 
it's not David, or as Kent was just saying, it's not just what he wants or what I want. Um, it's what we want or what our common welfare. And and I love in tradition one, um, I always have actually, that personal recovery depends on essay unity. Because if we don't have that we, if I don't have this fellowship, and how many times I've heard in meetings and I've sat there and felt the same thing myself, is there anywhere else I could share the stuff I'm, I'm sharing now or I'm about to share? Um, and the answer is no, not, not, not in feel that it was a place where it was going to be appropriate and respected. And, and also other people would, yeah, I, you know, I did that too. Um, <laughs> anyway. um, and then Kent, what he was saying about tradition too, is my own experience that, with my selfishness, self-centeredness, I want to dominate. I'm also a firstborn, so I have a double whammy. Um, I'm selfish, self-centered, and a firstborn who th- always thought he could get his own way. And um, and this the tradition, too, just uh, takes it right away. <laughs> it's a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. We have to actually go looking for it. And our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Um, tradition three the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop lusting and become sexually sober. Um, the traditions like the steps that we use for SA, um, there are many things I love about Sexaholics Anonymous. One of them is, and I'm not alcoholic yet, as I always say, uh, at the same time, I like the fact that I can go to an AA meeting and it pretty much feels like an SA meeting. And, and that rootedness in the 12 steps and 12 traditions and the, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, format and and use of the traditions, including the wording uh, of these traditions, um, has always been really reassuring to me because we may not have a lot of SA meetings uh, in any given place or at any given time, but just in the Portland area alone, we have 800 a week, uh, and and you know that's true around the world, not necessarily in those numbers, but certainly in the availability and. Um, to have that desire to stop lusting and become sexually sober. And I remember um, one of the co-founders in Nashville was uh, uh, Jean, who along with Harvey uh, got it going. And, and she, she wasn't original with her. It just is, she's where I first heard it, um, that all that SA has to offer, actually Harvey said the same thing at different times too. All that SA has to offer is sobriety, is our mm-hmm. sobriety definition, is our approach to, uh, surrounding our, our compulsive behaviors around lust uh, and um, and to become sexually sober. And everything else can be obtained in some other context, some other way. And yet the sobriety definition and and the, um, being sexually sober in Tradition 3 is, is unique. It makes us special. Now I'll go back to you for or whatever. Yeah, thanks. So uh, in Tradition 4, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or essay as a whole, uh, that, that's, uh, it's one of the strangest things that makes this non-organization work because we each can have our own flavor of the meeting as long as we don't step on the toes of other meetings or of essay as a whole. Um, it's one of the great things that I can go to uh, Seattle when I travel or, or, or Boise, or any other city and, that I travel to. I we recently took a quick vacation down to San Francisco, and I 
found an essay meeting uh, on Saturday morning that I went to. And every essay meeting I can go to, I can feel at home because we have our common welfare, which is tradition one, in mind. And yet the meetings run slightly differently. They might have slightly different readings, and that's great. Uh, we don't have to use white book format. It's a great format to get started with if we're getting, starting a new meeting. Um, but as we grow, we might find to be, uh, we might branch out to be a book study meeting or some other kind of meeting, and we may rearrange the format of things, and that's all good. As long as we're not carrying a message other than the essay message, then we're an essay group. And a group is basically uh, a child of the people who are in it. It really grows in spiritually or dies spiritually based upon who's in the group and how the group functions. Um, and five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the sexaholic who still suffers. That's a, that's a really good point. And it's something that I try to bring up at business meetings sometimes when uh, I feel like, and again, that's me feeling it. So if I'm disturbed, maybe there's something wrong with me. I have to talk to my sponsor about that. But I sometimes have to you know, bring it up and say, what's our real message here? On the other hand, maybe the group doesn't feel like they need to focus on uh, the message of recovery. They need to feel uh, focus on the message of uh, support or whatever is necessary. Uh, but really, that's our primary purpose. I mean, the reason that we're here is to help the next person. In the early days of AAs, they started having meetings just so that they could get together and, and have some place to go to stay sober and to talk about this stuff. And the meetings came out of that. Uh, a lot of the traditions grew up because of the way that they were trying to structure meetings or you know, buy buildings or uh, find places to meet as they grew. And, um, and so, you know, the, the real primary purpose is we don't own property. We don't, we don't, we're not in business. We're not trying to make money. We need to focus on one thing and one thing only because that's what we do as sexaholics is one sexaholic is working with another sexaholic. That's the core of the program, and that's what keeps us alive. David? Well, also on Tradition 6, um, Kent started this, and I, I didn't really say much about it uh, on the traditions I talked about, but um, – I find personally I have to work all of the traditions in my life just as, as um, I work the steps and tradition seven is well, tradition six is one of those. And that is uh, in a marriage, in a family relationship, um, really in a lot of work relationships. Um, it will be affiliations of that of money, property and prestige that take me away from the primary purpose of, of the, of the, of my marriage, of my family, of, of my workplace. Um, and so that sixth tradition has always kind of spoken to me uh, personally, as well as what Matt, as Kent was just describing for a group. And then tradition seven, um, it's interesting. I, I like reading it uh, in the 12 and 12 um, because it's a reminder. Um, it's, it's one of the traditions where Bill wrote it for the groups, and yet it's pretty easy to see how it applies to the individual too. Um, 
And and the number of SAA stories I've read, excuse me, uh, or heard over the years, um, where people have, in the process of making amends, have had incredible debts or incredible um, financial challenges to, and if they stay sober and keep coming back and apply the uh, principles in all their affairs, uh, somehow it all gets taken care of in in a number of different ways, and and um, and then each group be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Uh, it is we have people come to our program, and in fact, uh, someone spoke in the last hour on this uh, B channel uh, very eloquently. Uh, who are so grateful for the new life that Sexaholics Anonymous has given them, as, and I am too. And some people have a lot of money and they want to really, let me make life easy for this group. Let me make this life easy for people in our program who are still suffering. And and Tradition 7 reminds us uh, that will eventually kill the group. Um, and that there's no other really word for it. It becomes divisive and, and it becomes a power issue and, and, uh, Lord help us if someone who's very generous then moves on from the program or loses their sobriety or whatever. Tradition 7 keeps us very centered on what do I, what does my group need to do to be God's implement instrument and go working, passing on God's message of power, love, and way of life, as we say in the third step prayer, and, uh, and not get distracted by outside affiliations or money. Um, I like traditions eight and nine uh, personally because I, I am one of the very few um, SA uh, employees who, who's in SA. Uh, I'm uh, editor of the SA, and um, and I have an editorial committee that's wonderful. And in fact, though I'm the sort of the, the person who's uh, part of the staffing structure, so I really am um, one of those uh, special workers, and I really am. Uh, uh, part of a service boards or committee directly responsible to those they serve. My, I work for the trustees uh, in producing the essay, and um, I'm working on the December issue right now. Or uh, most of what we're talking about today was the subject matter of our October issue on humility. And, um, and this is most of you may have seen this. Uh, the I hope you'll download it. It's free for the download, and um, and we need some. David, David, I have a question. Uh, I'm Shipra from India. I have a situation here, like I posted a question also right now, that mm-hmm. can we uh, not utilize AA members uh, as uh, sponsors or uh, people who could help us? Um, I, I mean, I'm an essay, so could I be using the help of AA member? Because uh, in India, I mean, uh, we don't have essay meetings, and I was introduced to essay through an A member and a, I, I read through both the books and uh, most of the guidelines are similar. I mean, I understand that uh, uh, it, those A members being an men can be a problem for us women. But, you know, sometimes uh, uh, to talk to someone uh, physically, not of the calls or, you know, sometimes I do depend on the group and I do depend on you know, or my sponsor. So I have like a primary sponsor who's Susan. And then I have a secondary sponsor who's an AA member. So sometimes uh, when I share, so I underwent like an eight hour session once with my A sponsor. And if the person is very neutral to the whole uh, and he's into service and he realizes 
uh, his guidelines, his 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 scope of work, and is just listening to things and then compares his experiences from A and gives a parallel analogy to the whole thing. What is wrong with having A member as our sponsor? I do. I did understand once because it's difficult because they don't know many of your sensitivities. Like, but you are you yourself don't know your sensitivities right now. You're walking in a, this open mind field where, where it could explode anywhere you go and anything could be a trigger. But, you know, I have been working uh, because I, ha- I have a limitation. So I've been working on it. Uh, so if you have, sometimes you might just have that, you know, uh, attraction to your sponsor, a sponsor also. But I tried talking it out with him. And I said, I let him know that, look, sir, this is happening to me. So let's take a break for a while and come back so I can reinstore my uh, whatever is wrong is happening. I, I need to figure out what is wrong with me in the moment. And I when I can s- address it, I'll come back and we can work on it again. So taking a break or taking those kind of steps kind of helps me. And I have built a really, I mean, I was talking to Susan and it, at one point I said, why don't you two work together? A member, a sponsor, and an essay sponsor. And you, Susan, you let him know because of my limitation that I can't be going to an A meeting in India or or there are no women in A meeting in India. Why don't you guys work together and I mean transfer each other some basics of essay so uh, I could be helped because uh, I, I am. T- terming you guys as my adopted parents now because uh, I mean I I can't uh, talk about these things to everyone so you are the people who are helping me in the moment so I believe if you two work together it works for me so can this model not work I mean am I trying to build reinvent the wheel here or something well, I I don't think that I'm so glad you explained all that because I did read your question and I didn't quite understand it. And now what you're saying it makes perfect sense. Um, See, I, I don't want to break sponsor, any tradition. Let me, let me respond to a few things you said first. Uh, my sponsor um, had an AA sponsor for uh, his sponsor was an AA member. He's back. He's had quite a, several of them. Uh, not my immediate sponsor. He's my grandfather's sponsor now. But so you're not reinventing the wheel. It's just we've done it you're not you know you're not carving new territory either um and and i it's quite common i can think of one or two people just here in the portland area who use an aa person as a sponsor as you're talking about i think sobriety is a, a byproduct of building a relationship with a higher power and so um and and that can happen i mean we have a disease of self-centeredness so a higher power is as my sponsor said, David, the only thing you need to know about your higher power is it's not you. Mm-hmm. Um, so AA um, can an AA sponsor can be as much focused on that as anybody else. So I think it's fine. Also, I have uh, sponsored women here from time to time. I'm sponsoring one at the moment um, because there's just a shortage of available sponsors. And um, and we are as pretty much as you were up front if there's a tension or and you know concerns and find somebody else to talk about if the subject seems a, a little too intimate or a little too uncomfortable 
it doesn't come up very often, and yet we both know that we'll we'll do it if we need to. We'll say it and and uh, and deal with it. And as you described, so I think what you described makes a lot of sense, and it's fine. Um, finding an AA member who's comfortable with that might take more than one uh, attempt. It sounds like you've actually done it though, and uh, that's pretty normal. And then we all bump into, you know, we all stub our toes, <laughs> you know, we're not paying attention and we stub our toes and, and that can happen with getting into subjects or, or concerns. So all of a sudden we realize, wait a minute, I'm feeling uncomfortable about this. And the big thing is to bring it out in the open. I'm feeling uncomfortable about this, which you also said. So it sounds to me like you're doing a great job. And, uh, and when yeah, I, it's a struggle because in, uh, there are no, uh, there were six, no hold on just a second. I'm almost done. When I came in in 1989, we had six meetings in Nashville, and that was the most in the world uh, at that time in one place. And and now there are meetings all over the world, and India is is developing its own. And what you're doing is a pioneer for what's going to be happening in India. It's great. Now I'll stop. Thanks, Shipra. We appreciate that. Thank you. um, Thank you. Um, just to throw in a little step here with a tradition seven, I know that from my standpoint, I'm one of those kind of guys, my wife is always on me or always has been on me in the past about being a little too generous and too quick to offer to pay for things. And that's been one of the things that I've had to utilize in my own life with tradition seven is to not necessarily offer to buy things particularly for sponsees or even friends of the program or for anybody for that matter, uh, we should all be able to pay our own way. It's, it's nice to be generous, but it's a nice thing to, it's also a good thing to be responsible for myself and let others be responsible for themselves. And uh, Traditions 8 and 9, I, what can I say? It's a pleasure to work with David and uh, the fact that he's, and it's a pleasure it's an honor to be part of the General Delegate Assembly and to actually learn that there are people who are paid to answer the phones at National and to learn and to work with Laura and, and Kay and, and the folks out there and, and to know that we're in good hands and that they know what's going on and, and they can help, that there's always help available. And uh, with Tradition 10, we have no opinion on outside issues, hence uh, the essay name should never be brought into public controversy. Uh, I think the simple fact that we're called Sexaholics Anonymous is controversy enough. I mean, it's not exactly the... It's one thing to say that I'm working in lust recovery. It's another thing to say I'm a sexaholic. So, you know, we are, by our nature, by the nature of our addiction... um, we're the black sheep, if you will, of the family. And um, will we ever be able to poke our heads out of the hole? Well, there was a day when AA was definitely looked down upon. You know, being an alcoholic was very much uh, frowned upon and considered you were a pariah to society. Now we understand it as a disease. There's hope for that. On the other hand, we ought not bring the house down upon our own heads by getting involved in all kinds of uh, political and and uh, sociological issues. And uh, Tradition 11, our public uh, relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. 
Uh, we need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, TV, and films. We've added TV in ours because by then, television was rampant long before, uh, uh, long after uh, AA. But that was kind of an interesting question that we had when we were putting together the, the sim event. You know, how do we promote this? I mean, do we promote this? Well, we're passing out information about this event to members. We're not inviting the public into this event to become members. It's a different thing. And, uh, to, you know, I think the best way to live tradition eight is, uh, to tradition 11 is to live the, a changed life. Because when I'm living a changed life, people notice. I know that uh, a friend of ours from uh, San Jose was visiting and he was walking with my wife in one evening while we were all walking to a concert and they were well behind me. And he said, uh, you know, Kent's changed a lot. There's been a lot of changes in Kent and um, there's been a lot of changes in you as well. And I think when we live this, when we actually live the, the 12 steps and we make it a way of living that's the best promotion that we can ever do is to let people know that life can get better no matter what happens even though they may not know what's going on and uh, that's really one of the ways to, that I've been blessed with at Tradition 11. David? Well a couple of things I agree with everything you said there I think as far as I could pay attention um, <laughs> a couple well you, your video stopped a couple of times and I got distracted oh. um, the uh, on tradition 10 in terms of being personal oh, oh about um, oh about eight or nine years ago um, I finally came my wife and I had stopped fighting sometime before that about five or eight years before that. And, and that was great. And about eight or nine years ago, I was sort of being grateful for that. And I realized that every time we had had a fight, it's because I had started with an opinion. And then I realized every problem I've ever had started with me having an opinion. And, uh, and there are certain things that I certainly need to have opinions on uh, and that are relevant uh, to my life. But uh, and the, the reality is, the most of the opinions I have, I don't need to have at all. I mean, I can choose to, but it's optional. And and um, and I need to uh, remember, in the spirit of uh, first and second traditions, uh, what damage will it do to my relationships with my wife or with my family members? Or and uh, so, uh, tradition ten, working it in my own life has been good. And the same with tradition eleven. Uh, just today, um, I. Uh, had had a, a call from a guy saying, would you like to talk? And I said, sure, I'd like to. I'm available at this time. And he said, well, I'm not. And and I wanted to have hurt feelings over it briefly. It was very brief, mercifully. And then I realized, wait, this is a program of attraction, not promotion. If he wants what I have, he'll get back in touch with me. And I don't have to have an opinion on the fact that he wasn't available when I thought he should be. And And that was my ego, of course. And then also, uh, if I have something that's useful, uh, God will take care of him being attracted to me. So that's one way I work 10 and 11 in my life. Um, anonymity, that's tradition 12. Um, I, I read this when I was talking earlier today. Uh, the last sentence of the 12 and 12 is we're sure that 
uh, anony- uh, humility expressed by anonymity is the best safeguard SA can ever have or AA can ever have. And, and that's what's at the root of Tradition 12 is humility, that we're part of a larger whole. And, and that applies equally in my private life or my personal life as much as it does in our, in our fellowship life. And the whole thing is a spiritual foundation. It's our relationships with one another, which was the stuff I always trashed when I was totally caught up in my uh, sexual addiction and fantasies and everything that went with that. So those are a couple of thoughts on that. Uh, do we need to just invite more people to comment, Kent? Or Yeah, we can certainly open it up for comments, uh, by all means. Um, and I will have to jump out of here a little bit early because of the, I'm switching over to Channel A. But um, So, yes, I would encourage people to ask questions or jump into the comments. I haven't watched the questions go by, so I'm not quite sure if anything else has, has said has come up here. Uh, Harvey was saying that uh, his sponsor is an alcoholic and a cocaine addict. Yes, so, I'm uh, Harvey. Kenny, yeah. Hey, Harvey. Uh, Great. I, I could speak to that a little bit, I, as I was also commenting after that. Um, and I think this is, uh, speaks to Shippers a little bit, too. Um, uh, the big book speaks to all of us, I believe, and it was written for alcoholics. And the 12 steps, I think, if you change whatever the addiction is that you have, you have uh, you know, from alcohol to whatever it is, whether it's gambling or cutting or, or video gaming or whatever it is that we have, uh, food and all that, um, the 12 steps are the 12 steps. And, and it hasn't been necessary, and certainly in my experience, I did not need to have my sponsor understand my same-sex lust. Uh, that happens to be my template. Uh, any more than if I'd had a SA sponsor who was a heterosexual, he wouldn't have had to understand my same-sex lust. Uh, he can appreciate that I need uh, lust, that I'm escaping my life through lust. Um, how it represents it presents itself and what I'm lustfully lusting after makes little or no difference. Uh, I don't. I work with people today who are lusting after animals and uh, women or men and all of those. And some of them are uh, voyeurs and some of them are exhibitionists and some of them, uh, you know, have uh, been in jail and some of them haven't. It it really, none of that matters. Uh, I would be, I have worked with people who at the same time as they were sexaholics, they were also food addicts and, I could take them through the steps, even with food addiction, uh, as long as I appreciate that they're addicted. I know what it means, and I know the restlessness, the irritability, and the discontent that they are expressing in that in that addiction. And as long as I can help them uh, and direct them to appreciate a first step in that particular addiction, and then help them find a God of their understanding that that loves them and cares about them and could and would and wants to relieve them of that insanity, then we can get to step three and then the rest of it's all the same. So I, I have built arches as the big book speaks uh, through the, you know, the foundation stone, the cornerstone and the keystone of our program with multiple addictions with people that I work with. And, uh, and the same was true of my sponsor who was, as I said, an alcoholic and a cocaine addict is uh, has recovered over 20 over 20 years now, and um, and he takes people through the steps. It doesn't matter what addiction they have. Uh, he's available for those people, and he's taken hundreds, almost probably over 1,000 people 
through the steps in the 20 years that he's sober. And he's, uh, he's a tremendous uh, uh, a gift to my sobriety, to my recovery. And I, I was looking for a man who had the light behind his eyes, and he's the man I found. And I, Thanks, anybody, else, anybody else want to share? Yeah, like Shipra here. Go ahead, Shipra. Yeah. See, uh, I can just tell you the struggles that I'm going through right now uh, with uh, him just being an AA. The thing is, uh, sometimes there would be a joke. So it takes a lot of confidence or a lot of trust work. You you uh, place every brick by brick. I've known this sponsor. I was a... a First one and a half years. So you, I didn't open up to him. I took my sweet time. Uh, I won't even choose. There would be some issues like I was having fight with my parents or something. And it was discussing. But uh, when, and he was not able to identify also for long what could be by my, my issue. And what am I struggling with? But he could see that I was struggling. And when I did share these things, uh, it took a lot of effort. I was threatened at every step that how would it be reciprocated? How would it be? I mean, is he going to bleed through his ear listening to this? Because these are some, um, a person sees the other person in a certain light if he has been uh, around. And to break that uh, image by sharing these things is, is like you are, but I mean, I didn't know what to expect, but luckily that he uh, was non-judgmental. He listened to everything without an iota of ex- expression on his face um, and gave me at every step, uh, every every moment, a uh, parallel. Uh, sometimes I would get irritated because he's quoting A, but then I would understand what he meant through any example. You know, and the fact that he's not giving me an essay example uh, uh, doesn't let me compare myself with any uh, like his experience. It's like his is a parallel experience, but it's in a different spectrum. um, That is one. And then second is that uh, sometimes he would like even today. He's a funny man and he sometimes might just crack a joke here or there. The last time we had to sit down and, you know, discuss about it is uh, you cannot crack a joke that loose with me. I mean, you'll have to understand a little bit of my sensitivities here and there. So uh, he said, but I didn't mean that. I said, maybe you are not. But right now my mind is uh, triggered by uh, that one joke that you did. And uh, so I've lately attended my first meeting and I told him how even um, breathing heavy on the call is considered a trigger. So I will, people are asked to keep mute. And when I told him that example, it it kind of hit him. Okay. He said, you know, I am an alcoholic myself and I can't guarantee you anything because I can't guarantee my alcoholic, you know, self for the next 24 hours. I live by 24 hours only. And so I will not guarantee you anything. Like his words were not coming as very good to me, but I would take anything right now. Right. But I did make him understand that uh, so we worked on it and we came up with a, this middle path where I let him know when he's overstepping 
because uh, only I can tell my triggers. He will never come to know what those triggers are. He can he can only read this manual essay, but he's not an essay, so uh, maybe he will not completely understand. But if he can help me go through those twelve steps, it it works for me. You know, you have will have to have certain rules, and you'll have to live by those rules. And whenever you as a person feel threatened, and that you know break of trust moves, you have to let that person know immediately. Nip it in the bud, or do whatever it takes at your end, and 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 restore yourself, and then come back. I mean, that's what I have been doing, and it's it's been I I've had like two of those incidents, but I'm still coming back and doing my other steps. Whether you have to just you just have to ignore that. Sometimes it happens. You just let the other person know, and that's that's the best you can do. You bring two people on the same page if you keep hiding it on the inside. and not let that person know that you have a problem with him he would not never know that you are struggling with certain thing with respect to him or certain thing that he said yeah that's all um, thanks chipra thanks chipra and you know it is it is attraction not promotion and the reality is that uh, our, our program works because we identify it's one sexaholic sitting down and talking with another sexaholic and the same with an alcoholic and an alcoholic of course i talk where i i'm now in aa but uh, for the first 7 years in or about 7 years in this program i struggled with the alcohol thing and i just i couldn't quite i couldn't make or accept that i was alcoholic uh if that that you know um innermost self that i was alcoholic but had no problem with the sexualism i came right in here i i grabbed a hold of that i said okay this i identify i am part of this this is home for me and this was a great a uh, great benefit for me because i was able to get started on the steps uh, right away but it was two sexaholics that were identifying um of course Roy didn't have a sexaholic to identify with. He is was an alcoholic. Um, his original sponsor was an alcoholic, and so the simple fact is we have to get the learning of the steps and learn to apply them. What I've come to realize for me coming into here, I want to make sure that my message inside my meetings and what I'm carrying to anybody else is sexaholism. If I'm in an alcoholic. Uh, sponsor relationship i want to keep carrying the message of alcoholism um and i don't want to confuse the two because they are different diseases but i really i believe having come in here with lust first that lust is the driving force of all my acting out whether it be sexual or eating or alcohol or money or anything for that matter lust is going to push its way out in some other manner and uh, so it was helpful for me to start with lust first because i can see it coming out in other areas and if you can identify from that standpoint that's really what is uh that's you know that would be a necessary thing for my my viewpoint uh this is david sexaholic i also would just um say that my experience is the two things i have to do um there are more than two but two really basic ones 
or have no secrets and to surrender to a higher power. And um, not only can I get exactly that same message in AA, I think in terms of letting go of my self-centeredness and putting the group first, our common welfare uh, first, and all of the other uh, our and we uh, things that are in the traditions and the steps, but especially the traditions, um, that's part of uh, putting the group first and and uh, and and knowing and people say, well, how do I set boundaries? And my answer for myself is, I can't set boundaries because I will set boundaries that are just for David and mm-hmm. uh, make David feel better in some way at someone else's expense, typically. Uh, and the boundaries that come from the group, the boundaries that come from my higher power, uh, how can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. That's the proper use of the will is the way the big book puts it. Uh, that's a boundary I can live with. And and it turns out to be one of my favorite um, pages and stories in the AA Big Book is uh, 552. And uh, and she ends that story saying, everything uh, I, I get in AA, I need it, and everything I need, I get. And when I get what I need, it turns out that it's just what I wanted all the time. And that's my experience of boundaries and, and of... Um, sort of what it means to term have no secrets, first of all. And sometimes it's humiliating, and frequently it's humiliating. But that just means God's trying to teach me something. And the, the things Shipper was just talking about, um, those awkward conversations, bringing things out in the open, um, what changes for me in my experience is, yeah, they may be embarrassing or humiliating or difficult or whatever, but they always uh, make me feel a stronger tie to the person I'm talking to and also, I can live with them, um, and what I and there's no damage. It's just embarrassing or humiliating or frustrating, and and it's damage that I'm trying. I don't want to do any more damage. I don't want to clean up the messes from damage either. So that's sort of how I am aware of the traditions as we talk about and live these things. Thanks. Uh, I'll I'll add one more point here. I mean, somewhere you have to believe in the best version of the other person. Mm-hmm. Even if an alcoholic doesn't want to believe or cannot give in guarantee of his behavior, you have to tell them that you are my sponsor and I'm going to get the best out of you and myself. We may be, we have to look beyond our addict here and we are genuinely good people. Let's bring that goodness out. So uh, your self-doubt is understandable. My, I don't know, even I would be the culprit in the problem here. But, I mean, you, you, we have to bring ourselves uh, the goodness of, you know, we have to bring the best version of ourselves in front of each other. Because out of the whole world, if I cannot... Uh, work with with this one person and you know sometimes I feel that this is the time that has been given to me for recovery and I have identified it and if I don't work in this time duration there'll be God will have an stricter measures of making me understand problems there'll be more problems if I don't start working on it right away Right. So maybe my mom gets sick or she goes to the, she lands up in a hospital and then I'm learning something. So he has his stricter ways of making us learn. It's, it's, it's going to be easy if I keep, keep walking on this path right now, because this is the time given. 
and uh, if not then god would have his 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 uh, me uh, teach me something that not learned this is this, this entire thing happen if i'm not able be careful you know shipper your signal's very bad right now so we're losing a lot of what you're saying yeah but we do appreciate uh the the follow up and I, i will guarantee that things will happen so the fact that you're taking this time and seeing this time as as your time to do the work is that's remarkable that just means that this is definitely you're ready and uh go for it with with all the gusto that you can because things will happen and the better the better you'll be prepared for when they do yeah thank you um i mean that's all from my side i mean i don't want to you know <laughs> take all of the time on this topic thank you thank you shipra Uh, I'd like to open it up to anybody who would like to share on the traditions, on anything that they've heard. Um, who would like to share? Hi, this is this is Riley from Texas. Hi, Riley. Hi, Hi Harvey. Hi. So um, I came to this program through Asanon first, um, and I very much like the structure. that both SA and SNN have and um I have um in in face to face meetings here in in Texas there is not a big um SA presence and I've switched over to another S program here face to face but I really miss um talking about the traditions that's not something that I hear in other rooms and it's just such a good reminder and um i remember when i first came in to sa um every time someone would share about the traditions because ours was like the first friday of every month was um we went through all of the traditions the same way that we went through the steps and at first i was so confused and i was always like why are we talking about these like these don't make any sense like these aren't help, helping me with lust um but like now with hindsight i'm i'm so grateful for them seeing both the safety um that it provides in structures of the group as a whole and of um individual home groups but just um as the the leaders of this have said in my individual life so i just wanted to uh, just share my gratitude for um the conference approved literature that goes above and beyond just as a things i love that we are able to access the 12 and 12 and everything from aa too so um i'm loving this marathon so far thank you everyone for your service all over the world and I'll pass thanks thanks riley i have to thanks. bow out thank you okay kent thank you bye have bye. a good evening bye bye kent
Hi, Nicholas. Hey, Nicholas. Hi. Hey. Um, good to see you all. I'm calling from Rome. It's very early morning here, so Europe's just big, maybe coming online soon. Although I see Angela's already on the phone. Um, uh, great to hear you. Thank you, David. Thank you, Kent. Um, the steps and traditions have changed my life. And uh, I just want to pick up just on a, on a couple of things that you said. First of all, yes, it has been my experience that it is possible to take people from other fellowships through the steps. The, you know, the steps, um, uh, uh, steps two to 12 are, are really the same. It's only the first step that's different. But provided somebody's got a good first step, since they, provided they know that they're powerless over something, then they're in a position to enter um, the process, um, and you know, certainly, you know, my reading of Bill's story, uh, when Evie comes into his um, into his kitchen, Bill's already got step one. Um, he knows he's absolutely hopeless; uh, he's powerless over alcohol. Um, but he's 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 missing step two, and and that's what Evie provides for him and and sets him on the way so that he can then be hospitalised for the last time and uh, and actually go through the remaining steps. In a remarkably short time, I, I think this is the other thing that I that I've learned is I've I've actually never met anybody um, who um, has 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 relapsed through this uh, through going through the steps too quickly. But I've met loads of people who relapsed because they've gone through the steps too slowly, i.e., usually getting stuck on step four. And you know, step four, you know, the way that it's presented in the big book can be extremely onerous. One of my sponsees um, wrote a four-step that was 80 pages long, <laughs> and, and you know he did it. He did this on his own initiative, and then asked me to listen to his fifth step. And I said, "I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that." So, we decided we do the fourth step much more quickly. Typically, fourth step is written in two and a half hours, and the fifth step is done in two hours. And, um, and you know, and we'll get, we'll reduce what we want, which is the, the, this list of defects of character. The, um, what we want is the most exhaustive list of defects of character that we can get, because that's what we're going to ask God to remove in step six and seven. And, and, and the point about it is that you know, if, if I have a, a defect of character that I can't, that I don't know of, or I don't admit to, then I can't ask God to remove it. But if I, if I, if I know, what my defects of character are, then I can ask God, and He may, He may, or He may not remove it. Depends whether it's of use to Him um, and my fellows. Some of my defects are, funnily enough, you know. Um, and um, the other day, you know, I, I'm a bully. I, the other day, I bullied someone into getting a sponsor. Um, you know, sometimes my defects of character can be useful. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I don't, you know. I don't know which ones God will remove, but, for, but for sure, sure as hell, he ain't going to remove any that you don't know about. So that's why the, you know, the, the, the sixth and seventh step is, is so important, getting to the exact nature of my wrongs, so I can then become ready to have God remove them all. And then, you know, that's, that's that little all word, which is such a problem. You know, can, uh, just, um, you know, usually we've got something, some defect of character we don't want to surrender. You know, we're getting getting something out of it still, and so we don't surrender. And that, that so this is a this is this step is a bulker. This is one of the steps that people bulk at. You know, six, and the other one is step eight. You know, my goodness, 
the number of people that I've met who are not willing to make amends to all the people they've harmed. Um, well, you know, I hate, I hate a few people, but I'm not going to make amends to them because they did it to me first. Well, this is another bunker, you know? And, you know, um, but it's so beautiful just working with people and helping them to understand that whatever they've got of a negative nature in their life, God's got something better for them. And it's just a question of understanding that what God has. You know, how free do you want to be? If I want to be really free, I have to deal with all my defects of character, I have to surrender them all, and I have to make amends to all the people I've harmed. You know, these are... These are the things that I've learned through working, pe- taking people through the steps. And, um, uh, you know, it's been the most amazing journey to accompany people on this um, journey of discovery. It's my, it's my defects which block out, buck out God, um, that prevent me from having a, you know, a loving, intimate relationship with my higher power. So that's why it's important that I, you know, surrender them all in the steps. It's a life-changing process, you know, and, Anyway, I've gone on a bit, so I won't talk any more about the, I won't say more about the traditions. Other than that, I try to apply them not just in my, in my group, in the fellowship, but also in my, in my personal life. And thanks, everybody, for a wonderful share, and uh, this is a, a brilliant experience. Uh, okay, lots of love. Have a good day. Thank you, Nicholas, and enjoy Rome. Um, I want to thank everybody for being here, David and Kent, who's had to leave. Uh, for this uh, wonderful hour and for allowing me to be of service for the last four hours. Um, I would like to ask David if he could uh, take us out of this meeting with a moment of silence followed a prayer by a prayer of his choice. Thank you, Harvey, and you've done a great job. I appreciate it. Um, I'd like us to have a moment of silence for the addicts still suffering online and offline and, uh, and then follow it with the third step prayer. Okay. Third step prayer, God, I God, offer myself to, myself thee. to thee. Build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may be. Those I would help. Thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I go always. Thank you all very much. I'm going to need to drop off too. It's just been a wonderful event. Thanks again. Thank you.